say what you know about it. It's the stool, baby. Got the knees in plus. Young stool, baby. And the room a lot. Hello, hello. You're listening to The Stew. My name is Jason Stewart. Hello. Hello. Got your pepe. Pasta cast. <laughs> so we're going to list our favorite pasta it's dishes. It's a pasta cast. It's a pasta cast. We Orichete. have all of the foods in the world we have covered and exhausted, so it's just going to be a pasta cast now. It's a pasta yeah. cast. Ooh, could you imagine breaking your leg and getting a pasta cast and you just keep on your way through it? Your dog just slowly takes a bite out just of it every day. Put your leg in, in, a, in a pot of water, Get hot water every day. Get just cooking it off. Just put your legs in a pot of hot water every day. Keeping it dark, Stewie. Didn't <laughs> well, to speak you of your other podcast, Tall Tales. Didn't smoking Sig's twenty three like break out of her own cast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like within like a day of like her leg breaking, she just busted the thing. She's off. one of those. She yeah. If if you want to hear an amazing, like truly, like even if. You only listen to food podcasts. You should just go listen to this one episode of your mm-hmm. podcast because it's crazy. It's a, it's a beautiful disaster. Not safe for work. It's not safe for work. Not safe no. for anything. Most podcasts are so safe worth for it. work, really. Um, but it, Tall Tales Podcast, it's an episode that was about a month, month and a half ago, and it's called Smokin' Sigs 23, which is the, <laughs> so uh, the screen name of this young girl, like 19, 18, 19. Yoy. From Florida, um, right? From Florida, who... Because that says a lot. She ha- Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's sorry, Florida. She's Florida in a nutshell, but she, she's actually a, a pretty funny, articulate, sort of intelligent, well-spoken person that's also a full drug-raged maniac that's very funny and tells stories about, like, doing drug deals with Mexican cartels and, yeah. like, overdosing on Percocet and the third grade. But she was telling a story about... Her friend dared her to jump off of a bench, like somewhere in a swamp, and then she broke her leg. And then, like three days later, she decided to go to the hospital and get a cast <laughs> because it was starting to really bug her. Yeah, it's really, really getting to me. I, I was, was getting over that started, pain. Started getting to her, and then she's like, you know, I might as well go check out the doc. And then, her. Uh, a couple weeks later, that thing just started itching <laughs> real bad. As you, if you've ever had your leg in a cast, you can you can relate to oh, it itches to an itch or any cast. Yeah, but what's your favorite pasta? So <laughs> the cast, it was not working out. No, she was like, you know what? the The best way to heal this broken leg is just to get back on that get back on and start walking it off which i don't think is actual science it's not it's the exact opposite of everything you should do science so she used a just walk it off if you walk it off ever if you've ever dabbed um thc which is a drug reference sorry mom i've never done it before but you use a high-powered blowtorch to to burn a concentrated wax form of thc for when just smoking weed is not good enough for you anymore. It's, it's the equivalent of like 151 or, you know, Everclear for when just yes. like regular alcohol doesn't do it for you. You need to like just get, you're on another level. You so just, she used. Smoke the vodka. Or it's the same torch that you might use to to bring it back to food to just have a nice creme brulee crust on there. Or, or searing after sous vide. Sure, you know, sure, sure. Right uh, there. A, sure. a poor man, a Floridian sears all, if Don't you like, will, yeah, is yeah, the yeah. dab torch. I like the aftertaste, though. Ooh, that's also... A swamp match, I a, think is what they call it. A swamp match? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That also reminds me Pretty of... Pretty sure it's uh, swamp match. <laughs> ...on Key and Peele where they do the fake football player names. Oh, yeah. Floridian Searsall. Yeah, it's <laughs> a, good, a very good, good name. Fake, fake wide receiver out of gambling. The player gambling. formerly known as Mouse Cop. That's <laughs> yeah. a good one. Mm-hmm. So she used a high-powered creme brulee torch to literally burn the cast off of her leg and then just walked it off. And then wow. the weird, depressing, and tantalizing part of the whole story is that her logic worked. Right, I know. Walking like, off, walking off her broken leg instead of keeping it in a cast. She was like, "Yeah, it just after a couple of weeks, it was fine and it worked." It's the that's the worst time for something anecdotal like that to succeed because it only it really fuels it's an more of your completely delusional, <laughs> yeah, yeah. self-prescribed, 
you know, antidotes. Unless and, she truly is like a an invincible shaman creature from there's certainly enough pharmaceuticals world. running through her for that to be She's the case. She's got enough protein flowing through. But we brought it back to food with a nice creme brulee. That's right. Speaking of creme brulee, I was also just talking to a French girl a couple days ago. Who, she was eating a flan. And I was like, what, what, why are you eating this flan? It was at the Eastside Food Festival. And I was like, where'd you get a flan? There's people just giving away flans. And she's it's like, a food festival. I know, but you like. You'd be surprised that there's food at a food festival. <laughs> but when you go to a food festival, everyone's showing off their, like, here's my little fried chicken sandwich thingy, and here's my this toast, and here's my little hamachi crudo, and here's my little bite that really just sums us up. And I was like, who here is just. Doing like a paper plate with a flan on it. I see where this is going. Um, and she's like, "Yo, flan is 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 French." I thought, and it's not a. It it, it did not originate in Mexico. Oh, I thought it did. I thought it did too. Oh, it's from Europe, that's for sure. But it, it started out in the Roman times, and then got picked up by the Franchis, and then made its way over to North and South America. It could have gone via Spain so or Portugal. I wonder. I thought the story was going to be like she just brought flan to a food festival, just like <laughs> just like purse flan. <laughs> purse flan. She was yeah. really Jones. Oh, like, where did you get? It? Like, oh, she's like, oh, I brought it. I brought. I mean, well, this is my. Flan. I assume they wouldn't have good enough flan here. Yeah. But also, of of all the foods that don't travel so hot in the purse, you you think a little bag of Trader Joe's mixed nuts. But it might be a custom purse, like, you know, like specifically for carrying flan in. I thought you were going to say a custard purse. It could be a custard purse as well. <laughs> it's like a specific hard shell bottom case that the flan side slides in and then everything else can go so on So it's top. basically a Tupperware that has a Celine strap going around it? For sure. Shout out to some of my French women out there with the Celine bag. I see you, girl. <laughs> um, but if you could find a French model girl who ca- travels with flan in her bag, sell, sell all of your belongings and marry that woman. Get a- I can't believe you guys have never heard of this. It's like bringing hot sauce in your purse. You just bring flan with you. You guys <laughs> yeah. have never heard of this. And that's weird because we do a food podcast. Yeah, and like, so we, we sort of consider ourselves like in the food Look, world. I miss things too sometimes. I love blaming desserts. I've seen a lot of the Bourdains, but I haven't seen them all. I guess I missed that episode <laughs> yeah. where, where it's like a common thing to just travel around with a wet, cold custard Was on that your the person. one where Bourdain went to Brea? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, got it. See, Stewie's seen it. Mm-hmm. Brea? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just way to, way to keep it nice and very specific. Just really name <laughs> a city that 89 percent of the people listening either that one or chatsworth when he went to chatsworth it was either that or brea Mm, i forget yeah um (laughs) so yeah that food festival andre you missed out at the food festival because you are you're at vince gully's final game in san francisco had to watch history yeah no you got to watch history had to watch it did you cry yeah for sure so this one was more i mean not like bawling but definitely like a tear rolled down and it was i mean there was a bummer (laughs) to the sense that they got dismantled and swept, yeah. but they'd already clinched the division, so it was fine. But between every inning, you know, they went almost as hard as his last home game here at the Ravine. Like That's between great. every inning, there, you know, there was somebody speaking about him. Willie Mays came out and gave him a huge hug in the booth, yeah, and then they nice. told, told stories. And you know, the announcers stopped multiple times to tell their favorite anecdotes about him, mm-hmm. and the crowd like. Even if they weren't, even if you weren't wearing Dodger blue, everybody stood up and clapped every time he sure. waved. And every, there's like a lot of respect for him, which I wasn't sure. I assumed there was going to be some, but yeah, they made a plaque for the day. Yeah, I got one. Oh, no, no, they, they like, made the plaque they and had, they had yeah, a, they yeah. handed out like the little lithos of it. Also, but. Willie Mays, one of those people where if you mention his name and you're like he's alive uh, mm, yeah. or he's dead, yeah could go either way yeah or also or you, people are like i didn't know willie mays is still alive right the say hey kid also a name where you say willie mays and then the person has to wait two seconds to see if you say hayes afterwards hey, you gotta go hayes you gotta figure out which willie mays you're talking about that's, that's from major league right it's yeah it's movie. wesley snipes from major league yeah. willie mays hayes it's a great movie uh, a slept on a film great movie probably he made it to the second one wesley but i i don't know i was like i had i had some fomo because i knew you guys it was like an amazing day <laughs> Um, of you can't miss that. Everson and Royce Bar having their one year anniversary. Oh, you could have missed that. And that there was, nice. <laughs> and there was the food festival, which I was really excited. I mean, we all, all those places that. were were definitely restaurants that I really ride for and enjoy. And, yeah, and you know, some of the people I know, and they're good people. And 
a Silver Lake Food Festival that happens it's seemingly once right. every week and a half. This is a this is an unforgettable moment that will never happen again. Percolating no, for good. 67 years. I will say it, it. I felt a little old because I used to be able to do that drive from LA to San Francisco like in the same day practically. Like drive up for a show and then just drive home after the show. Just bang out a quick little six and a half hour drive. Like 19, 20, Ugh. like no problem. Yeah, I know what you, you mean. You know what I mean? I like leave mean. in the morning and then just come back after the show. And this one, I drove up on Saturday. Game was Sunday. It stayed Monday and came back yesterday. I was just like, oh, took a little, whew, need a nap. <laughs> took a lot of window to the mm. sales, huh? Mm. But the highlight was um, I stopped on the 46. I mentioned this, I think, as the best thing I ate once. The and, taco spot. And I drove oh, by this truck. Oh, that so good. I driven by this truck. And all, was this yesterday? It was yesterday. Which, is national, which was National Taco Day. No did way. you know that? No, I had no media. idea. Yeah. Taco God's smiling down on you. I was also, I didn't have NPR on it in case they mentioned that because I was listening to a Jack Reacher book on tape for the ride. Because I'm a classy dude. <laughs> but so this taco truck, as I said, I had passed for like the last 15 years. And I finally tried it a few months ago. And I couldn't believe how good it was. And they... Literally, they're doing small corn uh, tacos or small corn tortillas, tortillas for the tacos. Like baby corn? But you see, like, so you order four tacos, and then you hear, like, the meat hit the plancha to heat up. He walks over, and he balls and up four poof. little pieces of masa, and he drops it in the roller. And Boom. then and it's just... And the smasher? It's ridiculous. And every time you order tacos, so this happened twice. I just wondered if the guy liked me before. They give you just a refried bean taco extra. So I what? Ordered, I ordered four tacos. And Who then does get, that? You get an extra taco in the fresh corn tortilla with just a bunch of refried beans. A little just foldy? A, a schmear? A palate cleanser? That sounds sick. And then, so, and then the condiments are... Uh, ha- Jalapenos that have been halved and grilled, so they're yeah, super they're nice. charred. We call those jalapenos. A Go bowl on. of pinto beans, whole. Four salsas, limes, oh cilantro, and onions, and onions, and then you know, whatever they call the pickled escabeche. Is that what it is? The pickled mm-hmm. onions with carrots and jalapenos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch so of coriander seeds. Party pack. Dude, that's impressive. Yeah, and the tacos are a dollar twenty-five. Whoa! And they had the one thing is they don't have um, al pastor. Yeah, right. They don't have al pastor, but they have autobata, which is not necessarily mm. like same. Not bad, though. but it's not like it's a good pork option if al pastor isn't like there. Uh, mm-hmm. So I had carnitas, lengua. It's a great substitution. And, and uh, autobata, and it was like oh, it's just so good. I just couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe that this is like as good, if not, would stand out as a unique best of taco in LA. Sure. Like it's sounds and, and, like and it. it's. I just don't know. I don't get it. Well, it's is crazy. there a way that you can just begin speaking to them, yeah, and then bankrolling them, and then working this out as to moving? Well, the funny thing is, and starting this business together. The funny thing is, I feel like my one, my kitchen can't take any more equipment, but I also am kind of happy with you know what's in there. It's like it's not bad. It's got a, it's got it's a very functional kitchen for it's, it's for true. the average Joe. Or anybody I know, your kitchen is the best stocked out of anyone I know. It's yeah. close. It's it's good. It's good. I mean, but it's not the most expensive things. But they're all like the functional versions of those tools. Whatever. It doesn't look like something out. You of, have like, a lot. The equipment is all trash. It's all just the war- <laughs> <laughs> no. It's all no, no, it's no. All mean very, man. A but, mean man. But eating Jason. these eating these tacos, I was like, do I need an electronic tortilla roller? Like mm, well, because I have a I have a hand press yeah and I find that and it's a decent one it's a nice cast iron hand tortilla press and I find that I think the the ones from the rollers I like more and I don't know I need to look at more of the difference but cacao mm. uses a roller they don't do a hand press hand they press. do a hand press no they use sure? a hand, hand press that was a roller well okay. I think what you need Andre mm-hmm. is or maybe the masa is too thick and I can't press it as thin as well, I want well what you need know. to do which a couple other people have done who are of the high-level foodie upper crust in the game kind of people is you go to Mexico and you buy the mix to mall machine, mm. which is where you basically use you use this machine to grind. The, oh, your corn, corn. Grind the corn with the stone wheels. Yeah, because normally it's like a it's like a mechanical thing where right. you would do it by hand, like you would just kind of hand grind the corn down into the paste. And then you mix it with the water and the salt and the lard, and then you've got the you've got the masa to make the tortillas. But a lot of people will 
buy their own special artisanal corns or grow their own corns and do a mix hybrid of different ones and then soak them in their own way with their own solution of lye and their own ratios of different dilutants and seasonings and then use the mixed tamal machine with the stone ground that you can only get it's in big Mexico. Wheel. But I haven't some wild shit. I also haven't experienced experimented as much as I could have with like different ratios of water to corn to lard to animal lard to vegetable lard. I mean, mm-hmm. it's crazy how deep you can get into that. And I know the times that I've made tamales how different they've been depending on whether Bob's abuelita was there to help us with the masa or if we were trying to remember what she said. Right. And the ladder was not as good. <laughs> the ladder was not as tight. Well, mm-hmm. she's done it a lot of times. You See? guys are doing it like But twice. it really is crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it's that eye-opening experience. It's, like, it's when you have your first really good bite of sushi or your first really good omelet or your first, you know, all, or your first really good piece of bread. Mm-hmm. We're just like, here's the thing you've had a bunch of times. Like, I've had r- white rice a million times. I've had bread a million times. I've had pasta a million times. Mm-hmm. But when you have, like, or I've had a tortilla a million times. But yeah. when you have that good, good, extra crazy high-level one, you're like, oh, this is one of those situations where it's so simple and it's all technique. Well, it's, it's all two, three ingredients and it's all subtleties yeah. where it's like, it takes a day to learn how to do this and a lifetime to master. It also, you know, I will say it's interesting in this conversation because then you start to question, like, because you look at this and it's a dollar twenty-five, and it. I mean, I felt great afterwards. Totally mm-hmm. felt fine. Didn't wreck my system. I was like, wasn't one of those things where I ate it and it was so good. And then afterwards, it's like, oh no, right. it was like all lard. It was all right. this. Those were like, really good nachos, and I'm gonna yeah. go kill myself. No, felt absolutely fine, and, and just couldn't have tasted better. But. In, in some categories, you look at what people are making, if it's coming out of high-end kitchens or it's just a very expensive ingredient, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. That's why that's so good, how they're sourcing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But when they're doing a tortilla like this for a dollar twenty-five taco, you're mm-hmm. like, okay, so then why doesn't everybody do this? And sure. I know variety is a spice of life, and I get if this was the only taco you had, it wouldn't be special. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, there's so many places where I've had horrible tortillas from where you're just like you you're you're so not trying mm-hmm. that it's like how come most how come these aren't more common more similar you know, whatever right. time where it's constraints. like yeah you got to have different one you have guisados if they're thicker and you have right mm-hmm. again bright spice of life but it's like if there's just like just abortion garbage tortillas out there in the universe like there's just not right I agree right. with that. Like, what, when, when you're doing, if you're saying, like, we have our own artisanal handmade tortillas here, and you're like, the Mission tortilla from Albertsons is better than this one, yeah, dog. Or 100%. Like, I like that one more. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. And then, like, what are you even doing? Couldn't agree. It's got to be a special. They're trying. They're getting there. Maybe they get better in four years. Yeah. Four <laughs> years. I'm excited next time we do road Stuff, trip. Maybe they'll get better in three years. Monterey or San Francisco, <laughs> we're gonna, next time we do a road trip, that's going to be a highlight. That sounds really nice. So, did you eat any. Cool food in San Francisco? Yeah, what about the stadium? I did. I've been to the stadium a lot. So the stadium, I kind of know. And there's some cool things they have there. They had, I had fried Brussels sprouts, which is one of my favorite things that's kind of uncommon that's there. This is why I ask, because I hear their food's pretty good there. It's good, it's good, but it's also like... Fried Brussels sprouts at a baseball game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's part just, of like the stand that has the Gilroy garlic fries, and they have like mm, oh, loaded sick. tater tots, which looks kind of garbage, but... Um, it's sort of like a little lemon aioli, which is really not bad. Mm-hmm. And it's fried Brussels sprouts, and it's, they're good. They're actually really good. Um, they have like a good, so- they have a couple good sausage stands, and they have the garlic fries. Um, they have like a Caribbean barbecue place I've never tried, but there never seems to be a line for it. There's like jerk wings and like black beans. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, why is the food at Dodger Stadium so? It, well, the food on the field level Can't is a little better. It. Yeah, like there's a Canters. Oh yeah, but about that, yeah. The, my what I always wonder is like, whoever has the contract to provide food, mm-hmm. are they just like we don't need to make it better? We're not going to make more money if it's better, in the it's sense true. that like where it's such a business, the incentive yeah. to do it, and you see what people eat, and you see like just the rows of people eating horrible food just because that's all there is, and they get it anyways. Mm-hmm. So would those people pay five dollars more? For something better, 
And I'm right. sure smarter people than me have done the studies and been like, no, if anything, five dollars more might mean might encourage them to bring food in, which you're allowed to do, or mm-hmm. they might just say no. But mm-hmm. we've hit a price point from our studies that like we feed them this garbage, they'll pay this much for it. Here's the sweet spot. We're out. We make the most profit worth of this. Yeah. I mean, it's but, just, I, but yeah, but it's really sad too. It also hurts bummer. my feelings when I'm there. I'm just like this. I mean, like, there's such an amazing history of food in this town. Obviously, especially now like, more than ever, where LA, you know, is arguably the food destination city of of America. And then you see all these other stadiums and all these other cities where they have crazy ass food. Like you go to Minneapolis, good and they have beer. crazy food. Yeah, yeah. wild beer. All over the country. You know, go We're to the, the south worst. and get like legit, really good barbecue at the stadium. But I think the, the Dodgers. But the Dodgers also fall in that place too, where there's there's you know stadiums like teams that don't have high attendance are always trying to find things to get people to come whether it's bobbleheads or nights or being like we're gonna put mm. some amazing food in this place. Mm. Here's a crazy thing. So I think the attendance. Sold out crowd, 480 straight sold out home games for the Giants. And the attendance is like 39,000 and change. Mm. Where the Ravine, I think, completely sold out, maxed is like 61,000. Mm-hmm. And it's close mm-hmm. to that all the time. Yeah, so the new and stadiums I, are, I, You know tiny. what I mean? And I, yeah. I feel like, and AT&T's new. I mean, AT&T's fairly so new. So it's like it's complaining with why the intention the, of like, like a certain size. It's like saying, why isn't this, why don't they have better stuff at Walmart? And then they're right. like, we it's know like, what we're we doing. Yeah, we know like what's <laughs> going on here, you know? <laughs> But again, like where Ravine sits in the history of Mexican food in L.A. and the strong Chicano cultural, like how ingrained the Dodgers are to a lot of <clears throat> Chicano culture in L.A., it's mm-hmm. like they really everybody deserves better. And also of all the of all the baseball teams and stadiums, I feel like the Dodger dog is like the one food item that has yeah. like a connection to it. Like there's no other like the Yankee. Blah blah blah. Totally agree. Or the Texas Ranger blank blank. And the Dodger dog is one of the saddest looking dogs you can get. They've gotten better. I mean, they they got. It's like they go in waves. For a while, you couldn't. For like three years during McCourt, you couldn't get them grilled. They're all just the steamers and and just just thrown. They've done a better job on that. Now it says like grilled dog. I mean, I think Magic Mm -hmm. and his camp have like slowly made improvements. Not like light years, but Mm -hmm. it's definitely gotten better since McCourt's been gone. but, but it's kind of like it's like when you but get it's a, hot a Farmer John dog. It's right. like not anything like. Can you imagine how much, I know Farmer John is Southern California, but it's like could you imagine how much tighter just a Nathan's hot dog would be mm. if it was a Dodger yeah, dog? A but I think a lot, like also a lot of it is the presentation. Like when you, I feel like when I was a kid, you'd go there and like here's a dog, and then it's like a dog and a bun, and you go and you squirt your mustard on, you put your condiments on, and, and it looks good. And now when you get it, it. It looks like an IKEA hot dog that's been sitting under a, yeah, a like heat a lamp version for eight IKEA. hours, totally. and like somehow the bun has like mangled and distorted itself into some weird thing, and like half of it has disintegrated, and it's just like a like what what is going on here, dog? Yeah, that's me talking. I will, and I will say it's totally like it's it's a total it's an example of a socioeconomic condition inside that stadium because I've been in. The dugout club, which are like the seats, like, you know, the only seats like five or six rows behind them. Like table service, right? Must be nice. It's table service, but there's also a huge, well, I didn't pay for it, I couldn't afford to do that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but like, so not only is it table service, but underneath is a huge, massive buffet. Yeah. That, and when I went, it was like fried chicken, prime rib, oh, yeah. uh, like everything you could imagine, like an amazing carving station, whole turkeys, whole <clears> hams. <throat> Some wedding shit. And then they ha- yeah, and then they have a giant just hot dog area. And, like, the hot dogs down there come straight. Like, Mm. they're delicately wrapped in foil. You unfold them. They're not, like, smushed and mashed together where the bread's, like, disintegrated. It's, like, what you're describing, what you remember as a kid. Mm -hmm. So it's certainly, like, they they know where they're putting their effort. You spend more, you get more. One time I got hit with a baseball in my hot dog area. Yeah, (laughs) K-Lastima. What's that? <laughs> he made a, a I said one time I got hit with a baseball in my hot dog area. <laughs> it was a bad one. Did it really happen? Yeah, I've been hitting the hot dog area with many a baseball. Yeah. Oh, basketball, basketball, <laughs> soccer ball. <laughs> I've been hitting the bread basket as well. <laughs> in the bread basket and the hot dog area. Did, you, did, it, did it wind you? Did you just like... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I remember being a kid and getting playing goalie in the soccer game and just getting that line drive right to the stomach and having it knock the wind out of you. And I was like, oh, I don't want to play. <laughs> I think the only home run I ever hit in like the four years, this is how bad of a baseball player I was, but in the four years of playing Little League, the only home run I hit actually hit the chain link fence on the top 
and just barely bounced over. Mm. Like it was 50 50 where it was going in or going out. Had a boy. Oh, so bad. I mean, better than nothing. But you, but you were pretty good at baseball, right? Yeah. Like fairly. Yeah. I was below average. But I, mean, I always you know, chalked it up because like I was, I was six foot by the time I was like 11. Like I stopped growing at like 13. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was very uncoordinated. And I feel right. like uh, that's my tough. experience. You would even be more so because you're taller. Mm-hmm. But I guess not everybody. I was a gradual grower. People, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, when at the peak of my little league game, I was, I was batting, batting cleanup, putting up dingers. Yeah, we that was MVP, not, I got MVP was in, the, in the All Star game. Bam! Due respect. Mm. Getting that big league chew after trying to spin this back towards food. Uh, yeah, I don't think what we chew. ate at, at the like the cute like the, the, nachos. the yeah nachos. It's like the it's always one of the coach's daughters or somebody you know. Like, oh, she's kind of cute. Get the big league chew, peanuts, nachos. Sunflower seeds. Sunflower seeds. That's um, about it. I pretzel. Think. That's about you it. pretzel? We didn't get pretzels at ours. Maybe yeah. a ring pop. A ring pop, yeah. Did you have any food in San Francisco outside of a stadium? Yeah, there were two. There's, Check out some wild there were two shit. funny things. On? So we went just to wait for the crowds to die before we took the train back. We cruised this little dive bar around the corner whose name I will forget. The Sea Dog, maybe? What? I'll find out if anybody cares. But so we go, and it's just kind of a nice, it, we thought it used to, well, it used to be a dive bar. The person I'm with lives in San Francisco, and he's like, hey, let's go over here. Because football was still on. We are trying to catch the last bit of the Rams game. And uh, he's like, look at this little dive bar. It's like owned by this like couple. They're crazy. It's great. And then we go in, and it's like a completely super nice done with a massive Japanese whiskey selection. We're just like, oh, God, no, please. <laughs> but then the guys were super nice, two guys working behind the bar, and we see the menu, and there's like a bunch of boiler makers on there between like seven and twelve bucks. It was like shot of Jameson and a hams for five dollars, or a shot of like mezcal and like whatever tecate mm-hmm. for seven. You know, so it was mm-hmm. good. It's kind of like what the mood we were in. Um, and then he's like, "We also have. I'm from Cincinnati. We've got a Cincinnati chili bar down here. What that and is? I was like, what? He was like, yeah. So they had like the chili." Uh, all meat chili in this crock pot, and you could actually like smell like the cinnamon in mm. the air. Like you could really I like, like it smelled so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm. so they had Fritos out mm-hmm. and hot dogs out, and this big crock pot of Cincy chili. It was just, just free, just for you know the day of the oh. day's sports. Oh yeah. And we had split a dog at the game, so I just went with chili with a couple some Fritos on top. Oh, but then yeah. they had like chopped onion, shredded Ooh. cheese, sour cream, then like little bowls of stuff. It was really like solid spread for freezies. Just very nice. Of him. And, Real nice. Um, and that was a lot of fun. And the chili was excellent. I mean, it was a little greasy the way it should be, but not like not gutting you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, yeah, all meat cooked down, that classic, it looks like hot dog chili, Cincinnati chili. And I was just like, there's sure. barely see particles of beef, mm-hmm. like red, delicious. And it was. It was like you could taste the cinnamon, you could taste like the mustard powder, all these things in it that was like super good. Looked like a damn wet hummus. Yeah, and then the other thing I will save for the end. The other place I ate, I will Ooh. save for the end. Okay. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, I forgot the name of that place too. But apparently, this place is very famous for having the best. This is in uh, the Castro where I was staying, and they have this the best croissant in all of like san francisco and i had it and i have to say it's as good as i've ever had it's pretty pretty much as good as the tartine yeah yeah for sure which i've had multiple times but then i also while while i was there i saw the woman folding the in the back folding the croissanto because it's folded over like 800 times that's how you do it over over. and it's like it's one of those things where you look at a guy throwing a pizza and you're just like oh that's all muscle memory she was so perfect and so quick and like just confident with everything. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh you my have God. to be. You've been doing Crisanto for like the last decade for sure. Sure. It's like watching you do nothing. Watching what me. Is your, well, yeah, what is your ultimate cooking muscle memory thing? What can you just bang out super fast? Beans. <laughs> Make it beans. Bang, just banging out beans? Make it beans. I made a lot of beans at Floyd. Uh, beans, hummus. It's like my muscle memory is hummus. For sure. I'm trying to think. Yeah. So things that my roommates started like smelling. Like, Ooh, Stewie's making beans. They get all hyped. Like, big. people fuck with my beans, though. Yeah, but I feel like I don't know if I consider that to be like a muscle memory thing. That's kind of like a. I don't have a recipe. I'm not, hurry up and I'm not referencing anything. I'm, I'm talking more of like an impressive dome. feat of physical skill. Like when you see the guys like hand pulling noodles in the window, oh. or you see some butchering a chicken. 
Butchering a chicken. There you go. I can break down a chicken like, you know, five or six different ways of practically looking at it. Not, God damn it. I'm not fucking bragging. <laughs> Just saying. I got about five or six of them in me that I can do with practically without looking, and I'll hit that joint every time. There we go. That's Very exactly tight. what I want. But, yeah, you know, you see that. You see, like... You see a guy like making uh, crepes or something like that, where right. he's just like, but like you I'm see. I'm pretty good at flapjacks, actually. <laughs> <laughs> flapjacks. I'm pretty good at flapjacks. You can do a good flappy. Uh huh. Okay. Make a nice Mickey Mouse for you. I was you just going to ask. Can you, uh, let me see that Mickey Mouse. I Mickey Mouse. I could drop Mickey on you. You need symmetry. What about like a nice onion dice? Sure. That I'm. Out of all the onions that I've diced, I still feel like my my fingers bent in with the knuckle out. Still, like, is not perfect, and mm. it's just mildly awkward. Like, I can't just. Oh, the like, comfort level. I mean, I don't know what it is. It's like even, even now, it's like I still look when I'm doing it. Sure, sure, sure. I still sure. like look at it, and you I think like when you really know, like when you really know what's up, you don't look, or you. Don't I mean, have to. I I have definitely like been showing that's, that's, showing off and dicing an onion, doing a no look. That's dicing an onion for sure. I mean, I can do no looksies on other stuff, really easy stuff. But mm-hmm. like the onion dice, the onion you kind of look because you're scoring it. You kind of have to, you know, like you. Well, you, you you do the score and then you do the vertical chop. But then when you're coming down and actually doing your last chop, it, it's a good flex if you're looking eye contact straight with another person clock, and then you're clock, just, going clock, brrr, clock, clock. just banging those little guys out. I've been known to do that. I've been known to flex. I can I can peel a corn on the cob without looking. Got a new knife. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of knife? A Mac. Oh, is that the Japanese one? Yeah, and they're they're not. I mean, they're they're not. If anything, they're cheaper than a Shun or a a Global. How is it spelled? Uh, Mac. Okay. It's very nice, and it doesn't have a pointed tip, which is kind of interesting. Which I actually oh, kind of like. Oh, it's got the round tip. Yeah, it's like a seven-inch chef's knife. Um. Here, yeah. Oh, I'm looking at it right here. Yeah. They're. What is it? Fifty bucks? No. Well, I got a. I got a nice version, which is like around hundred. Oh. Okay. He got a nice version that was around a hundred dollars. He's off. Mic. I'm looking at the six-inch utility. Yeah. The the rounded. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Snub nose. And then it has the it little. Is uh, snub nose. It has a little drilled out tip right there for hanging. For hanging. Yeah. The snub nose Mac. I can't imagine that many people use that function, but it's also like a signature Ooh. look. Yeah, it yeah, is a nice look. You want your knife dangling. Yeah, I would like my knife to be secure. Agreed. It's just me. Magnetic. Yeah. Straight up. That feels mm-hmm. good. She's nice. Are you going to uh, consider... Is there a benefit of having the rounded tip? Is that just for safety? I, th- I mean, I think overall, I don't. I can't imagine a benefit other than like what you just said—the safety. Just the idea that like I can be going in with vegetables where I don't need a tip for, and you're just mm-hmm. kind of not worried about going through it and poking your hand. But also, you've you've had like a nice knife that has a very acute tip that where the tip will break our chip off, right? For sure, that's happened before. So yeah, I think with, with the rounded knife, you're never you're not going to have that happen. Yeah, you're probably a little bit more keen to letting someone use it. And also, Possibly. whenever you, whenever you've had the tip of your knife be broken, it had not been your fault. It, it had been somebody else's fault. I'm assuming, which just Always. makes it even more annoying. With the exception of washing, I think I broke a tip once, slip it, letting it slip while I was washing, or like I dried it and it was sitting on the counter sink, and like my elbow bumped it and it just dropped like point down into the sink. It's the worst. That's happened before, but yeah, it's never from like improper use of the knife that it has damaged it mm-hmm. it's always cleaning almost always storage and 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 washing yeah it's like i watch people sometimes use my chef's knives to go through like bone like it's a cleaver i'm just like <gasps> no it's cool no but let me show let me see here i want to sh- check this out i was going to show you something it's like a little, it's a little tip <laughs> here's like, the beater here's knife a, here's another way mm-hmm. i'm just like god damn it who like yeah just never let anybody who's not a pro use your use your nice knife. I say. When my dad when my dad has people stay at the house, like when he leaves the place in Kauai and goes to Monterey, he takes all his knives and puts them in his closet, and then leaves like, <laughs> like the two, like yeah. two budget chef's knives in the kitchen that so, are functional, but like mm-hmm. you know, I think he'd be little Vitronox, like highly functional, but like certainly like burners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine are in my room. My good ones are in my bedroom. Yeah, man, I've got my burners like. In the, in the I did the same. We had somebody watch the house a few times for like a couple weeks at a time. 
who was very nice and she was great, but like I I did the same thing where I I ducked my knives down and just like left her a few mm-hmm. few uh, drivers mm-hmm. that she could bang the hell out of and be fine with. Whereas if maybe I was staying over, you'd let them out. Oh yeah, no, they're not going anywhere if you're here. Mm-hmm. Feels she good was young. Be- she was like 22 and super nice, but just like I know. The potential for destruction on these things is very she probably high. Didn't. She might even hurt herself. She could hurt herself. Let's not yeah. mansplain it, guys. I mean, okay. we all know that she doesn't cook at 22 anyway, so it's not like... <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> You're liable, bro. Maybe she took a, a nice class at Sir Latob. She could have. There's a lot of great 22-year-old girls out there who are very skilled in the kitchen. I, that was just a joke about I know, getting out kidding. of college and you don't. <laughs> I know. We're being sarcastic. Ladies, we listen to NPR. What the straight. hell are we talking we're liberal about? liberal-minded. We're cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're cool, right, guys? We're, <laughs> we're good. good. Still good. Still got it. Uh, we're friends with some women, too, even. Uh-huh. We all have mothers, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Shout-outs, Jill. I have kids, too. Um... We had the uh, the Burger Lords Burger Special OTM collaboration. Is it over? Was that a day? No, What's it's a one. It's every Monday of this month, and every oh, Monday thereafter will be a collab with another restaurant. This month, so October. Yeah, just every Monday. Of okay, October. okay, so I can try it. Okay, tell me. I was a little jealous knowing you guys were going to do that too. So I liked I liked both of them, but I I preferred both. I preferred the meat, meat they, and they veg. had a veggie oh, one it. and a regular one. Got it. Um. So the, the the first the regular one was a like a regular burger patty with a barbecued eel schmear kind of thing. Mm. So it wasn't like eel, a nuggie. It was not a it was not a patty made out of eel. It was no a, no. It was it's the the whole deal is that they used Burglar's bun, Burglar's patty, veg and beef, and then everything else was like do you got it. And then, so the topping was like an eel and shishito pepper, kind of almost like a compote. And then, like a nice thick tomato and then avocado cream. And then the vegan burger was their, their vegan patty with shaved carrots and then a carrot top pipian, which I'm assuming is something like a like salsa, like a pesto yeah. salsa verde kind of thing made out of the carrot tops, which Squirrel does a very good job with. And the avocado spread, and then habanero pickled onions, mm-hmm. and it had like a like a strong kind of Indian or Moroccan-y kind of spice going on there, and I, I preferred the the veggie one myself. Yeah, there was actually a really strong pickle flavor on the meat one. There's, I, will, I think it was pickled. Was it? I don't know if it was onions or something, but it was it was a heavy pickle. I think to cut through the intensity of the eel because you couldn't really taste the eel that much. But it was. Also I don't know why, tasty. but hearing you describe it, these would be two things that I would probably pass on unless somebody told me to order it like if i was by myself nobody told me anything about the restaurant and this was on a list of like 15 things mm-hmm. i'd be like mm. or if you didn't know it was made by or yeah, OTM, yeah, yeah. yeah. but like or if you're at a restaurant and say it's all made by the same people yeah mm-hmm. and these are the, the description and what's mm-hmm. on there it's, so it's, it's always interesting to me what you know when something's worth eating and when something isn't or something special or but it's just like looking at or hearing that description just be like that's probably something else that would you know excite me a little more yeah i don't know I, it's weird like I, i'm I'm finding that more and more as time goes on people what they really want in a burger is just a regular burger well, how many times i've talked on here my favorite ones i'd make for you guys or for yeah. myself it's just like onions cheese mustard agreed mm-hmm. bam so agreed. So good. And so it like I, f- I feel like we're kind of done with the exotic fusion gourmet burger thing. Like people, I'll take bacon and an onion ring. I think that's yeah, like, but I don't consider that to be exotic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's those are pretty tried and sure. true burger accoutrement. Mm-hmm. But like you know, really getting Anything? wild with all the stuff that a lot of people are doing. I, I think people just don't don't. They realize that it's not as good as just a regular. Well, anything that gets burger. in the way of the patty, including the bun, it's just like the second that happens, I'm just like, well, either you don't care that much about your grind and what you're using, yeah. or you just messed up because, like, now I can't taste the meat, which is straight up the point. Yeah, to me. Well, or special if it's a bigger, if it's like a, if it's like a large patty burger, not like California drive-through style. And then that's a whole, like, everything is equal and important. Yeah, yeah it's, it's weird because I feel like the whole, like, gourmet, crazy, weird, exotic burger fusion thing started here with, like, 
umami burger. Yeah. But when you really think back, like now I, I think of umami burger, I'm like, oh, I don't want an umami burger. But when they first came out, their crazy burger was still pretty normal. Like it wasn't the balsamic. The, yeah. It wasn't that crazy. Like it had like the ketchup relish or like the ketchup leather kind of thing, and they had right. like a parmesan crisp. Yeah, like and a it was twill, all like yeah. kind of ingredients that were, and it was like minimally added. It wasn't that. It wasn't that kooky. It wasn't kitchen sinky. I'll it still was, take that burger, at Taylor's Poppy. Mm-hmm. But, but, uh, but then after that, people really started adding too much, just too much, too much, too much. And like, even though I really liked the vegan burger and I liked it more than the other one, like I don't know if I want ever want to have a carrot on a burger. I think. Huh. I think. But Com- it works on a, ve- on a I vegan. I did try the veg for sure. Comb saw was like still probably. Or I remember it fondly and haven't had it, obviously, because they're not open anymore. But that was probably one of my favorites of all time, if not my favorite in L.A. Like a wacky burger? No, of, of just a straight burger. Mm. And their grind was like 35, 65, or like 40, 60. I mean, it was a, it was, it put you to sleep. But that's why I have it like once a month. But or then once after, every two months. after that, we had the, uh, the Unit 120 monday night pizza special we were hung over after the detroit the detroit pizza yeah it was yeah on monday we were uh we were proper hung over from drinking with the bad mash and alvin from egg slut at the festival and then went and got it got it popping at everson royce and had a lot of mezcal met a man who makes mezcal and then adios amigos they had a ice luge from with mezcal and yeah, you could yeah. just keep, and anytime you wanted to take a shot, they would say, "Okay," and pour you. Yeah, pour you, you can some just say mezcal. like, "I want ten sh- free shots of mezcal," and they're like, "All right, cool." Yeah, that was kind of the vibe. It was it was bad, but then yeah, come come a Monday, that's exactly what we needed. Like I, I talked to two random strangers on Monday, and I was like, oh, I'm a little hungover, and they're like, well, "You know what you need? A nice burger and a Coca Cola." And I was like, "I'm going to get a burger and a Coca Cola tonight." That's so. Continue yeah, that you said that. So true. had the burger, but then we had the. Um, the I needed comfort food. The burger was not what I was into at all. Being hungover, I, I wanted something one note and straightforward. Mm-hmm. Like, That's where pepperoni pizza come exactly. into play. Ooh, man, and it was it was really good. It's really good. It was really. It's a, it's a square pizza. What twelve slices? Six. Six slices. Because they're really filling six very filling slices somewhere in between a deep dish and a regular pizza like a pan pizza that you would get at little caesar's back in the day so it was in a rectangular kind of like a lasagna pan yeah and it was the the dough almost two inches the way they and the, the way she makes it what's her name again isa isa uh, what unit up, 120 unit 120 it's in chinatown it's alvin from egg sluts like kind of test kitchen test restaurant experimental place that's very cool, um, but every Monday she makes and and she makes the dough, mm-hmm. and then they mix, collab on this pizza. Well, she she makes she makes dough. like the dough ahead of time, yeah. So it, it it looks just like a focaccia, like a like a one inch thick like. That's what it reminds me of the most focaccia, focaccia. where you you put More it in the pan inch, and then you use your fingertips to make the little all the little indention puddles like with olive oil will soak in there and get all kind of nice and juicy. Bakes that off and then has them chilling and then she puts it with the tomato sauce and then a bunch of thinly sliced garlic. Yeah, a lot of... She doesn't crush the garlic. Which is nice. Doesn't cook it down, just like does the razor thin slices. And then she puts... Each one gets 81 pieces of pepperoni, which... Each pizza, yes. Each entire pizza... Nine by nine rows. Is 81... Yeah, nine by nine... Grid. Of pep. Where they're all overlapping, lots of like fresh oregano in the sauce, and you can you know every once in a while you get like a whole tomato, mm-hmm. like, like a crushed tomato. But it really, I mean, obviously um, simple, but the details kind of like we're talking about the tortilla. It's like it's a pepperoni pizza, mm-hmm. but with like no, yeah, just know, something very simple that we all know, not thought after, know well, but just done very acutely. Acutely, yes. But uh, no stone left unturned. No stone left unturned. And also, a lot of people will disagree on this, but the perfect pizza to accompany a ranch dressing. Oh, yeah. Everything uh, you described definitely pep, lends itself yeah. to ranch. And then also ranch the, the crust on the corners yeah, the corner gets like the 
really like the cheese and the bread fuses into like one crunchy like how many pieces didn't hit the sides like no every piece every piece every has, piece has an yeah, edge yeah, yeah which yeah. is what's great so about it so smart yeah it's really smart yeah there's a lot of edge going on but that especially the, the in corners the, in the yeah. four corners which is where the like ranch comes in crazy crunch but then most people you know a lot of people don't don't enjoy ranch with pizza. They consider it sacrilegious, of course. 100%, depending on the pizza. Exactly. But it really depends on the pizza. And this is a specific pizza where the ranch is perfect. And especially when this girl makes her own ranch Scr- dressing. Scratch. Scratch ranch. Well, but that's kind of like, yeah, then that's a whole other conversation, too. Like, what the type of pizza, but also, like, say, for whatever reason, suddenly Moza's like, yo... This mm-hmm. is our this is our house made ranch that's made to go with this pizza, and it kind of doesn't matter where it's from or what it is. Like if somebody tells you they're doing something scratch mm-hmm. and specific, I mean, then that's not you can't kind of look down on that. You can just say that's a dish you didn't like, but then huh. you got you got mm-hmm. to do it. Well, what what the more more the point I'm saying exactly. is like when you normally when you have ranch in the pizza or like a, a dipping sauce in a pizza, it's usually not a high-quality ranch. It's no. like a shelf-stable... Hidden Valley. Kind of, or, yeah, it's like a hidden... Unless you go to like a mom-and-pop place, it's still going to be Hidden Valley, but like if you get a, a Papa John's or a Domino's or something like that with a ranch dipper, it's like you peel it off like a little uh, cream cheese thingy, and then you dip it in, and it's just ranch that was made in 2007 that was pumped full of horrible chemicals to make it shelf stable and it's just going to make you feel bad when i get when i get like a little house salad when something's getting delivered or if it's like pizza or whatever i always take the ranch that i'm going to use on like and shake on the house salad and hit it with some nice red wine vinegar or sherry vinegar Mm. and that kind of not only adds a little acid which is basically everything that i like in food but um it also will cut to me like Say you've got, hopefully it's a great ranch, but if you've got like a very basic ranch, mm-hmm. it'll cut any of that kind of like hints of chemically or mm-hmm. hints of basicness out, that little brightness, or you could add, it could be lemon. Yeah. Makes a difference, baby. Just I do. A little squirtle. That's, a, that's exactly what I do at, at, yeah, dress Fo- your dressings. at, at the Whole Foods salad bar. Got to dress your dressings. That's yeah, when that. I go to Whole Foods, like you get the little one ounce cup and it goes half balsamic vin, half ranch or a blue cheese. Then you mix it together and it turns into like a a really whatever that is gross looking like liver separated burgundy brown yeah. <laughs> a creamy burgundy color that is really gross looking but yeah it gives you a little boost of acidity and then just having straight balsamic on its own is really harsh and, and mm-hmm. astringent you cut it with some of that ranch and then now it's suddenly more palatable. Yeah, I mean, ranch is usually so thick on a salad that it coats every leaf like too aggressively, so you need to like thin it, like even just dilute it some too. An aggressive coating? Yeah. I so. like a very herbaceous ranch. This, this well, you got this, this, this is a very fresh dill. Yeah, we got to go. Dill. Yeah, this one is just loaded with the fresh dill. It, it, it's really nice. And honestly, it's 12 bucks and it's like the three of us would be full. If so twelve divided it's by three. Only is Mondays four they have the pizza. Yeah, it's so. <sighs> I got other Monday stuff nights. going on. Yeah, because they have Easy's in the morning, Easy Burger. You know, in the in the daytime, that's their lunch spot, and no, then no, they no, have no. Lasa Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh my God, that looks. Jason has showed me a photo of it. Oh my God, that looks absolutely phenomenal. It's great. Mm-hmm. That pizza's twelve dollars. It's twelve bucks. That's crazy. You can get. It's like get, twelve bucks worth of pepperoni. Just you sitting get there. pep. Yeah, right. You can get the, it's like an eggplant parmesan where they do like a nice cut slice of uh eggplant that goes sits right on top of every uh single slice with gobs of melted cheese mm-hmm. on top and then they just do like a mozzarella do you like have a regular a cheese pizza of like where you see the how thick the slice is mm. it's thick man i think it's more than an inch i don't think i do well that, i can't wait to try that pizza because it looks really good and you can even just see how nice the edges are from how, like how crispy it's gone to the top just like the bird's eye of the pizza. Yeah, it's like a really oh well-executed so version of like Little Caesars. Mm-hmm. So what are you saying about Little Caesars? It's not well-executed? No, when <laughs> you were a kid, you had the pan-pan. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that Little Caesars used to be good, my friend. Super I'm so tempted fix. to get a Little Caesars pizza someday in the future just because I haven't had it in so long. Even if I have one Don't bite and throw it away, I just Don't like I want to try it, it so bad. Yeah, I've had it at Good Girl a few times. I've, I've had it clean and, they bring and it, in. it is it's, it's one of those foods where Still you eat it. Just, just 
not. No. It's one of those foods where you eat it and you're like, how is this like food that people are legally allowed to eat? Yeah. Like it does not seem like it seems like you, you know when they say like don't eat um, Parmesan cheese that's already shaved or crumbled or like they they yes. say you should ne- you should never buy prepackaged shredded cheese because of all the all the additives they have in there to mm-hmm. keep it from clumping. Yep. But then they would they they found like sawdust in a lot of mm-hmm. Parmesan. Mm-hmm. It seems like when you're eating Little Caesars, like this crust is half sawdust. Re- yeah, like half real ingredients. Yeah, it's it's, it's just... like when they when they like recycle your New York Times. And there's and there's like that weird pulp. It's like thirty percent corn syrup. Paper somehow, <laughs> somehow they figured out it's a way. It's corn syrup and old newspapers is the crust on Little Caesars pizza. Keeps you coming back for more. Little ketchup, and you're good. Um, Stewie, what was the best thing that you ate this week? You you little you see little foodie, <laughs> you little foodie boy. Please don't call me that. Foodie boy. Foodie boy. Uh, I'm torn because I had a momentous occasion. Wait, are you torn? That's just how I feel. <clears throat> oh, I, I, oh, Natalie Imbrugs? Thank you, sorry. I like a little Imbruglia situation. Thank you, I do love Natalie. Uh, it was Oinkster's 10-year on Saturday, 10-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. So I had I went back in, back in time, and I remember <laughs> when I stopped being vegetarian, these two gentlemen, Andre and Jason, were like, oh, cool, now we can take it to Oinkster. I was like, all right, what's Oinkster? And that's yeah. a my entry to you know my first burger since being vegan, and also my entry into my love affair with Eagle Rock oh, in Highland Park. Love Eagle Rock. So that's why I have two. I've got a sweet and I got a savory. So this one was mm. the classic bacon uh, Gruyere burger. My go-to was always a, a Gruyere. Like we would go there like three to five and get the lunch special because yep. it's like fries and coke and it's like a better deal. So Gruyere with bacon, French fries, and a nineteen oh three. Mm. Craftsman beer, and it was just mm. like it was Craftsman beer, mate. Like perfectly medium rare. Like, mm. damn, this is just mm. on point. Which is tough because now they have the pork adobo. So for me to not get pork adobo or a Reuben, those are my two favorite things there. And to get this burger took a lot of willpower, mm-hmm. and it, you know, it was worth it. But number two was at the food fest. We, my girlfriend and I showed up. We got there kind of late, and they were pretty much out of everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I guess that's on us, Busters. But it was that's, how, that's also how I got so drunk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there you go. But we, one thing I did have was uh, Jenny's ice cream, this brambleberry crisp, and it was Ooh. crazy good. I like Jenny's. So fresh. It just real. It, it tastes like it was made to order. Like even the mouthfeel. Like everything was so. So, so fresh. See, brambleberry is one of those foods where you're like, is that a real berry? It's not. It's a combo. I looked it up. Because oh. I mean, bramble is bramble. Like a, like a, the bramble is like brush, sagebrush. It's like another, it's like an analogous term to, to. Bramble is like, it's kind of like bramble. Bramble is like brush. Like, yeah. Like the shrubbery. Right. You know? So it, brambleberry, I guess, it's is a typically. Rough, usually wild, tangled. Prickly shrub, specifically the blackberry bush, or a hybrid of similar bush with thorny stems. Yeah, so it's their way of kind of saying mixed berry, because like brambleberry means it's like duh, it's berries from a bush, so they can be vague with it. So, uh, but this one I, I saw was uh, black currants and blackberries. Is it like Brer Rabbit? Like, oh, please don't throw me in the brambleberry bush. <laughs> Thank exactly you. Exactly right. Hundred percent. So yeah, uh, basically they kind of made it like a oat streusel. That they fold in with the vanilla bean. streusel like it's a thing. Like just do like a like you're like your basic oat streusel. So now there's an oat streusel coming in in the eleventh hour, Stu. Well, you got streusel like streusel that would go like a streusel cake or like a coffee cake. Streusel's what the <laughs> topping that the crumble that's on top of a coffee cake. Yeah, yeah of course, that's just a streusel. A, yeah, it's no streusel. That's I got a streusel, it. Streusel, bro. We got it. everybody. Is there knows anything it. else in this ice cream that you decided to leave out, Stewie? I'm ex- I was ex- I'm explaining it now, you wankers. What are you talking about? I'm mid description. There's no gotcha. leaving out. You losers. Look it up. It's on the internet. Eat it. Super okay. soft, really flavorful. So you have the texture of the of the the fresh crisp bit, which is the streusel. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what you would get on the top of a nice crumble because that's kind of my jam. Lots fresh of oats. crisp bit. Yeah, butter, brown sugar, cinnamon, and oats all in flour. Fold it over mm-hmm. and bam, boom, bam. There you go. Just like streusel like your mom made. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. Yeah, now. she would actually make streusel. Actually, she would. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Andre, what you got? Uh, well, I went with my friend Alex to this restaurant called Star Belly in San Francisco. Star Belly. 
And it's kind of a mix of kind of Mediterranean, some Spanish things, uh, some French things. It's kind of a mix of mostly small plates and pizzas. New American. And and it was kind of one of those things where it was just across the street from his apartment, and they served food, I think, until midnight. So it was kind of like, oh, and I got in late, and it was kind of like, well, we can go do that. And it was such a better-than-average version of what I just described as far as, like, small plates and pizzas. Like, it was really good. I would, uh, you know, I would drive in a, a fair distance, maybe 10, 15 minutes in L.A. to eat there, which to me is a lot. Mm-hmm. Really got has to have good food. Um, so they had some of the, my favorite things. They had a really nice uh, chicken, chicken mousse pate plate, mm-hmm. which um, came out with some really nice toasted bread, some grilled bread, uh, an onion jam, and a really big grainy mustard. And it was just kind of like simple and just so everything was so perfect. Mm-hmm. There was just nothing, you know, there's like no weak link and it was so nice. And it's like a neighborhood spot. That's yeah. really good, basically. Yeah. Um, they also had one of the small plates was Morcia, which is a Spanish sausage, which is one of my favorite things in the universe. It's a rice and blood sausage. But huh. we, and it, it's firm, and you can slice it um, and grill it, and it takes on a crispiness like almost a Spam does, mm-hmm. you know, where it, gets, it still say, stays really pillowy and really nice, but also gets a really, Edge. really hard crust on it when you kind of, like, really get it down, sear it, put a little weight on it. Mm-hmm. And that was amazing. Uh, like, truly, like, actually kind of fantastic. Um, and then there were a couple pizzas. Uh Grilled corn, white cheddar, fresh mozzarella, grana cilantro, Aleppo, and lime aioli. Aleppo. Mm. And the, the grilled corn they used was like, you know, they just obviously were sourcing really, really outstanding sweet corn because it was crazy how, how great all the ingredients kind of summer. worked yeah. together. Um, I didn't get it, but they had a cream of early grilled tomato soup that I kind of wished I had because early grilled tomatoes are so spectacular. Um, but the, so the best thing I ate, there's a big description, but I was actually, it's, it's been a little while that I've, I've enjoyed a meal, all, like every single dish at a meal, mm-hmm. um, was the Starbelly Bacon, Jalapeno, Arugula, and Green Goddess Dressing Pizza. Ooh. And it sounds kind of, you know, it could, it's one of those things where that could be nasty. Like LeBron's pizza? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like it could be nasty <laughs> if it wasn't good, but this was fantastic and by far the best Bacon pizza, which is not something that I go for. Oh, I love a good bacon pie. But oh, and the Green Goddess house Green Goddess, she's just fantastic. Rugula just piled on top. Um, I, you know, just like just kind of impressed to see something that I had never seen before, and also have it be really, really good. Oh, oh, I uh, feel like it doesn't happen to me that often. A wacky Goddess curveball pizza that idea. ended up being really good and satisfying. Would, I would order as soon as like if this place was near me and somebody was visiting, I'd be like, "We got to get this pizza. Mm-hmm. You're gonna love it. It's really huh. good. It's a must get." What yeah. neighborhood again? Sorry. Uh, Castro. Sick. <clears throat> hey. Hey. Um, for me, I had, I had a few things. They were all at the, at the food festival that were, they were all things that were not like life-changingly amazing, but they were really impressive for what they were. The first one, Kitchen Mouse, which is like a vegan restaurant in Highland Park that I have not been to. It's kind of like a cute. I've never been to it. It's good. Cute place. They had, um, they had, and they're very nice people. They had vegan chili with little mini vegan cornbread guys, and like individual like corn muffin kind of vibes. Yeah, like individual yeah. corn muffin guys. So it's like it was a vegan chili that had a bunch of like nice fresh black beans and corn and all this stuff in it. That was surprisingly very satisfying, and good. And then they made like a little uh, cilantro kind of crema. That they squirted on top, which ended up being like a nice herbaceous kick to to hit that that rich chili, mm. and then the little mini cornbread guys for being vegan were were really flavorful and nice and fluffy. That was really good. Um, the other <laughs> the other thing that was surprisingly good was the Trois Familia double decker taco. Why is mm. that surprising? It's a dude's. Well, I mean, I don't know. Because it's a taco that is filled with mashed potatoes, creme fraiche, carrots, and jack cheese. Yeah. It sounds weird. On paper, not 
But then when you eat it all together, it's really it's like a it's like a really nice flavorful. Pit, so, pit. so but the double decker part is where it's a crunchy shell. Yeah, I was just it's about cheese to in between layers. Yeah, crunchy shell, crunchy shell, crunchy cheese in between layers, and then a soft tortilla Jesus. around that. But the best part about it was where they were mini. They're like two inches long, so they they made little mini taco shells with little mini flour tortillas, and they they had them hanging out all adorably. And the, the the mashed potatoes were nice and warm and and soft inside, and the shell was crunchy, and then it was cheesy, and then you get like a little bit of that fattiness from the creme fraiche, and then a, some freshness from the carrot to mimic like a shredded cheddar. Were the carrots tight. literally just shredded carrots? They pickled. Um, it said carrot pico. Okay, but right. I don't know what a pico is. It's like a pico de gallo kind of thing. Pico is technically the beak of a rooster. Oh, oh, the beak of a rooster. Yeah. Pico de Cow. Peak of the rooster. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I haven't had. Maybe I'm. I'm sure the carrots were like marinated in something like lim, like lime. Out of all the fast food in the universe, I the last thing that I've eaten as far as like the longest since I've had it would definitely be Taco Bell. I ate a little bit as like a kid or whatever, but. Sure. Um, Especially moving to Southern California, it's like, why would you ever do that and not go to either Del Taco or just a taco truck? Because they're going to be as close. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing on that menu that's like you have to have cinnamon a Taco twists. Bell. I mean, cinnamon twists are fire for sure. I, I agree. And I've never not been wrecked and felt super sick from eating a Taco Bell as opposed to like Del Taco you can squeeze by if you're mm-hmm. lucky. But I do have a very fondness when I was a kid for the Double Decker Taco from there. Because like the soft, yeah. the soft texture, the gross cheese sauce, and the crispy taco, all was just like one of the best things ever. And I, I never understood why like more places don't make that taco. That's good. Like it seems mm-hmm. to only live and exist until Trois Familia did it at a food festival. Like why is that not on like half the menus? All I the agree. ingredients for that are at all the places we eat at: flour tortilla, hard shell taco, maybe the size of flour tortilla. You know, like but they make small flour tortillas. Yeah, Nacho, beans, meat. Cheese. I mean, it's all there. It's why is it not on the menu? This is all a bunch of and but the the Taco Bell double double decker they they use refried beans to f- to fuse the crunchy and yeah. the and the tortilla. They're smart, so good. Um, and then lastly, before we end up there, they had a company that makes edible like marijuana edible candies. I I tried one that was was a virgin one. It had right. no it had no THC in it, but they make dark chocolate, sea salt caramels, and then they make gumdrops. And I tried the gumdrop. I, it's so interesting to me that like you could have a virgin one and get a sense of what what the candy's actually like because when the THC is actually in the edible, it, it has a very strong flavor profile and has a not different always. Or, or, it, it, or not right. always, but I mean like it can in you're a right. way yeah. that like you can definitely compare like different flavored weed mm-hmm. edibles to others as far as like the yeah. amount of marijuana right. content or however you would describe think, that taste. Well, I think you can kind of tell that the the base of it and then main, mainly the texture and mouthfeel of it right. was like the gum and, and the packaging for it, it's it's just like super, super nice. It looks like yeah, an yeah. Hermes box with sure. gumdrops in it. Um just Very like nice. the most high-end edible marijuana product that you can get. Yeah, they look beautiful. It's called Lord Jones. You can go to lordjones.com, um, and then I think you can find out where you can buy them if, if you're into that stuff. But, yeah, like the gumdrops were just like – it tasted just like the best gumdrop that you could find in a, a, a candy shop in, in France or something like that with really good flavors. Like Blood orange, peach, apricot, passion fruit, wild strawberry, mango, blueberry—all these things—and they're and they just were a little cloud of gumdrop in your mouth, and so good. Yeah, the chocolate was nice. I'm reading over your shoulder because I wasn't there, but also it seems super cool. Is they've got different strength THC drops, but they also then have different ratio CBD to THC drops too. Mm-hmm. Five to one. Two yeah. to one. Adjust your high, baby. Well, yeah, I was just really, I mean, that's like, I mean, again, I don't really smoke weed because I just go to sleep and, and just fall asleep with, within seconds regardless of the time of day. But, Sounds good to me. Um, I just like the idea that medical marijuana is affording people kind of a very specific um, 
mm-hmm. and very tailored experience. Just as a, to me is as a, a very recent so cool. where yeah. you know our forefathers had to make a mystery brownie where you don't know what's going to happen oh, for to sure. you. Fingers crossed. And now it's like I'm going to ingest five milligrams of THC with a five to one CBD to THC ratio, and I know exactly what it's going to do to me. I know exactly how it's going to make me feel, and if if that's not strong enough, I'll have two of them, and you control it. Dave's not here, man. The last one there, <laughs> no, that was Dave. Sneaky good is that this, if anyone lives in the area in Silver Lake, there's that you drive by Wood Pizza a million times, but mm-hmm. I don't know anyone who's ever actually been inside of I it. I always want to talk to somebody who's eaten there. It's good. We all oh. ate there oh, at I the pizza eat there place. Now. The pizza was really good. They always seem like they're really trying to get some neighborhood love. I feel like they've been. Slept on. Yeah, so if the pizza's good, I feel like they've been slept on. So the pizza on. is good at Wood, apparently. Pizza's so good. I'm assuming they only have days before they close down. So <laughs> shoot on down there and give it a try. <laughs> they have beer and wine, right? I reckon. Probably, yeah. I think I saw, I feel like I see beer and wine signs when I drive by. Me don't know. Me never been. Oh, wait. So I thought you said you went it was really good. Yeah, From at the, the Food Fest. Yeah, at, at the, the food, food Fest. Okay. And then that. I was talking to some other chef guys and everyone's like, Oh, yeah, the whole town's waiting for that place to close down because that's prime location. Oh, that spot, the glass, the tile. It's I mean, already dolled really done wouldn't up even need to do that much inside. Turnkey. It looks they great. It. it used to be a dive. Yeah, How come Tang's isn't open yet? Tang's know. is a great location. Tang's is a beloved. I thought there was going to be a fried chicken spot going in there like a year ago, and it's just been sleepy. Yeah, it's with been signs long, in it. long dormant. friends that are going to do that. Anyway, that's right. Outlaw. All right, guys, another great pod in the books, of course. The stewpodcast.com is our website. It, don't laugh, it was an actually good podcast. There you go. Shout outs to everybody Fire. involved our moms. Us. Us. Follow me on social media at them jeans. Go on Instagram at them jeans, Twitter at them jeans. Go on iTunes and make sure that you take just a quick moment to give us a nice rating and review Five so we stars. get bumped up on those iTunes charts. Click the subscribe button. Under Kanapara's no social media. Stewie Stewart. At Instagram and <laughs> stuff. I don't know. Look me up. See you guys next week. Thank you. Bye bye.